Are we recording? Welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Recording this one post W against the Florida Panthers. Uh, you'll probably be listening to this Wednesday, January 18th or whenever. Joined by Jason today. Yes, sir. How's it going? What a game. Fantastic game. Well, yeah, voice partially gone. I don't know if you can kind of hear it, but... Um, yeah, also, a little deeper. And also we're a little tired because it's 12 o'clock. Uh, the issue was like... It, the game finished and you're on a high. Yeah. And then like that high wears off and we're on like the come down right now. Oh yeah. Unfortunately we're recording at the come down, which is the worst time to be doing so. We're recording not only recording at the come down, but it also took us like thirty minutes for us to find a find our park car. So that was a know, that was a bit of a debacle. But well, anyways, that's a story for it's another not day. Not the first time, not the last time yeah. that'll happen. So <laughs> it is what it is. So this past Leafs week, we have some injuries to get into a little bit. Um, we have games against the Predators and Red Wings with no Austin Matthews. And then the Bruins and Panthers with Austin Matthews in this one. Talk a little bit about the goaltending and what else do we have down? Uh, goaltending, injuries, and can the Leafs beat the Bruins in the playoffs? Title of the episode. Ooh. Can Fun. the Leafs beat the Bruins in the playoffs? Because that game, was that game a litmus test? Was that game something... To come, I think both teams will add at the deadline. If they Absolutely. don't, that would be insane. Absolutely. But we'll get into that. I, I have a lot of thoughts on that game and where both teams shake out. Yeah. So let's get into it. Florida Panthers game first. What a game. Like, <laughs> Electric, honestly. The Leafs got from their goaltenders. Am I correct? They got 15 saves tonight. I think your math sounds correct. I remember... 11 of them came from Samsonov. Yes. Matt Murray gave up four goals on eight shots. And they... it, it was Like, okay, there was a breakaway in there and a rebound off a breakaway, which absolutely, what are you going to do there? But, like, a lot of just shots. Over the past two games, we'll get into the goalies, but the amount of shots that have just been getting through is pretty astronomical. It, it it's it, it's at an unacceptable level, right? Uh, it's it's been horrific. But in this one, it it felt odd because it, the game was four to Florida in the third in the second period, but it just never felt out of hand. Yeah, I felt like we were like we just were one winning. little thing away. Yeah, well, the one little thing we were away from winning, like even though we did win earlier on in the game, why it felt like we weren't winning, and the little thing that like kept us away was just simply a save. If you make one or two yeah. saves on the Mar, I can't pronounce his last Josh name, Josh Mahura, Mahura, Mahura goal, and the I believe Barkov goal, like Barkov was just a shot. Yeah, I don't even know if there was a much floater. of a screen there. That like, was. Uh, you get one save there, and it's a tie game way way earlier on. It doesn't feel yeah. as you don't feel as out of it as you are, mind you. Honestly, like, feels like this is becoming a trend now over the past couple of weeks. I feel like the officiating has just been just bad all around. It's not even like I don't want to be like, oh, they hate mm-hmm. the Leafs. It just feels like it's just not good. And, like, this is just a side tangent that I'm going to go on quickly. It's like, just stick a guy in the booth. I feel like I've seen saying this every every single podcast so far. But, like, stick a guy in the booth, and then you don't have to do the three-minute review where the, the on-ice refs huddle up and talk about what they had for dinner. Or the whatever. huddling up and talking about a play without watching it. It's absurd. Is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's the tonight. dumbest thing. <laughs> In this game against the Panthers, there was a play. Samsonov lost his stick. I'm not sure why Engvall, he probably doesn't know the rule, 
did not just go up and pick up the stick and hand it to Samsonov. That is allowed. He did not do that. Instead, when the puck was in more of a dangerous area, he kind of went by the stick and tried to like pretend to kick, like not kick it, accidentally hit the stick to his goaltender. It hit off of Sam Bennett's foot and went and ricocheted off. The refs then called a penalty on Bennett for interference. And then they did their little huddle. And at first, Lilgren went to the box. And then he left the box. And then Bennett went to the box. And then they huddled up. They did not look at the replay. They did not look at the play at all. They just huddled together. And they they talked amongst themselves. And then they, they flipped the call. It was the right call. But also on the wrong guy. They got the wrong guy. And and like get the right call, obviously. But like at least if you're going to get the right call, get the right guy too. Like it literally takes nothing for them to just see like, oh, okay, it was 47 who touched the stick. It's like I could screenshot in my phone and show it to you. It doesn't. But it's also like, you like, to, like how did Bennett end up with the original call? What did you huddle up together? And the original ref that made the call went, oh, sorry, I actually didn't really see it. You probably got a better angle on it. Here, here's the thing. Conspiracy theory, me, I think the ref actually just didn't. I didn't know the rule. I think the ref didn't know the rule that you couldn't pass the stick. I, no, I, has that they, always been a rule? They, yes. It's I, okay, then they, just, pass the then they just never call it because it. we've seen it before. No. Oh, we've seen it before. No. When? I, I, I'm almost confident I've seen. Like, why would I think that that's the right thing to do? You can't pass and it. You've never been able to do that. That's wild. Honestly, if you if this is a new rule that you're finding about it's today, not. tweet at us. If it's you, not. Well, hey, if you agree with Joe, then don't. I knew about this rule like 10. Say, say like you agree with like Joe. 10, I'm vehement on it because I've known about it for like 10 years plus. <laughs> Fair enough. I 100%. Honest, I honestly didn't know. But if you if you didn't know like me, let us know. You know another rule that I've known for a while that like I just finally came to kind of fruition now, I don't know what game I was watching, where was if the puck is shot down the ice and it hits the ref and goes out of play, where's the face-off? Say that again. So puck... Puck is shot down the ice, hits the ref, and the puck goes out of play, where is the face-off? In, the, in your own zone. In the zone from where the it's puck, shot from. The face-off, the ref is a neutral party. The face-off is wherever closest to where the, the, the puck went out of play. Oh, okay, interesting. So it would be like, let's say, if it was in the, if it was in the offensive zone, the puck, it, the faceoffs in the offensive zone. That's wild. Yeah, happened this year. I can't remember which game, but it happened. And I was like, huh, I knew that one. Anyways, um, there was that play, the the goodest one where he got really low on Engvall, and it, like he clipped below the knees. It felt yeah. like, and then Aston Reese went after him. Aston Reese gets a penalty, and then the Matthews play was just a disaster. Like. How does the ref not call the first two cross checks, and then Matthews obviously trips him? That's a, that's fully a penalty. 100%. But sorry to go so far in on the ref. It, it was just, it was mind blowing. It was yeah. very weird. Like I'm not one to always go in on the ref, but like it was just very weird. I was like, what what's going on here? But anyways, um, the Leafs ended up pulling out this one five to four. That Austin Matthews goal to end the the second period was just a game. After that one, you felt like you knew. Yeah, hundred percent. They're winning this game. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So they tied up in the in the third period off of a header. William Nylander got a break, a penalty shot on this one too. Couldn't unfortunately couldn't finish it. And what's funny about that penalty shot is that ever since I posted that video of his like a lot of his breakaways where he he walks in. Holds, 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 and then um, fakes to the backhand or fakes to the forehand. He has not scored a breakaway or a penalty shot or anything since. 
He has zero. He has, <laughs> and you know how many? He, it's not like oh, he's that was the first one. He has like six or seven attempts. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I mean, he over got two this game. I made it seem like he was such a breakaway penalty Savant, shot wizard. Yeah. He's actually not. Last year, ClearSight put out a a ranking of like the the worst players on penalty on breakaways, and like Nylander was like fortieth worst in the league. That's crazy. Well, he gets so many. Yeah, I was gonna say part, I'm sure part, part of that is because the amount of attempts he's not he has, over yeah. three on the season. Yeah. He's like it's it's you know like ten for forty, whatever that percentage yeah. ranks him. So kind of a funny thing there, but. Well, ironically, he didn't like. I don't know. It wasn't really a breakaway, but he basically won the game on a on a rush chance. Uh, yeah, it's not technically a breakaway, but he did beat the defenseman yeah. to the outside, and yeah, like off clo- of as, a break, as close in, uh, uh, to a breakaway without being a breakaway. Exactly, exactly. So that that is kind of funny that he finished it off first start of the night. What a game from William Nylander. Um, I guess when we talk about Boston, I'll get more into my thoughts in his game against Boston. Yeah. I. Uh, Thought it was an interesting one, yeah. We'll right. call it. But this game against Florida was just—it was just such a f- fun one to watch. I would say there's so many goals going on, nine total goals. And when you're at the game, that's all you really care about. Puck going net, <laughs> exactly. Because when you watch like uh, the sleepy, you remember last last year it was it was like the five one sleepy actually the five one sleepy seattle game that would yeah, have been the i was worst. at that game yeah <laughs> how horrible was it it was brutal terrible <laughs> the two of the buffalo games from uh uh during the week last year i think josh was at those two. Yeah. Oh my i like I, I would i would hate myself for being at that like it would it would just suck it's a risky run when you you know spend money to go to the game but like the Upside of going to the game is you get to see shit like tonight. And exactly. tonight was absolutely crazy. It was the it was, it was it, I don't think I've gone to a bad game this year. Like, and it's it, but then again, it's tough for me to say it was a bad game. Like it, it has to be like what? There's been like three total games that I would call bad from the Leafs past two years in terms of entertainment value. But anyways, to get back to this game, uh, we couldn't buy a game. Pretty much to sum it up, we couldn't buy a save from Matt Murray. Big Guns did score. We got a first goal from Dryden Hunt. Oh, yeah. Depth prim- off a primary assist from Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley. Okay. Back on the score sheet. Needed that one Good after that see. Boston game. Yeah. I'll say that for sure. Saw the, the dark side of the five pers- five forward power play on, on that one, too. But, yeah. Any other thoughts on this game? Uh, quick thought, not even a thought, just a tweet that I just saw on Twitter right now, uh, just from Paula Maurice, uh, about the officiating. Criticizing the officiating, yeah, did you see it? but not really criticizing I it. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's, he towed the line very well, he's, oh, but he did criticize the officiating. So Jacob Stoller, who is a writer for the hockey news, he didn't quote this, but he said at the end of his tweet said he told his players that. So first he quoted Paul Maurice. I don't know what these guys, those guys were doing out there, but it wasn't Florida Panther friendly from Paul Maurice. Are you officiating? Okay. Next paragraph, he says, said he told his players that those calls had nothing to do with them, but rather one of the referees tonight had a longstanding feud with him. So that was an interesting one. All right, Paul. I don't know what that's about, but. All right, whatever. I have a longstanding feud with Paul Maurice because he's a terrible head coach. But anyways, we're going we're gonna to move on from that and go that on to Panthers the next That Panthers team is not good. It's like. Oh, my God. It's, it was funny just like watching them and figuring out the lines. Of, oh, like Mark Stahl 
is your second pairing defenseman with Brandon Montour. It's Forsling Ekblad first pairing, which Forsling is absolutely should not be one of your top two defensemen. And then the third pairing, I guess, would be Gudis and Josh Mahura. Yeah. And the funny thing about that was we pieced that together. I was like, oh, Josh Mahura, good <laughs> WHL player. I want to say either was like a last cut for Canada or played for Canada World Juniors, and then he scored. <laughs> We're like, oh, like, who's the sixth defenseman? Well, oh, that one guy. putting the puck in the net. You see That's that good. guy that got the camera on him on yeah. the Jumbotron there? That's him. Yeah. He put the puck in the net. But that defense is awful. The forwards are very odd because the first line is all centers. Yeah. Sam Reinhart can play center. Plays a wing as well. Uh, Alex Barkov is top whatever centers in the league. And then Anton Lundell is playing on the on the wing as well. And then, because their other centers are Lusta Reinen, Sam Bennett, and I'm, I'm missing one in there too. But yeah. that team is just good for entertainment value. Like, if you're going to a game and it's against the Florida Panthers, you're, you're going to have a lot of fun watching that game, I bet. But just, like, in terms of, like, being built to win, oh, my God. And add the fact, add the fact that they have no cap space, I don't believe. I could be wrong there. They do, but they don't. They have two guys, Hornquist and Duclair on LTIR. So they yeah. don't have cap space, but, it, I mean, you add they those guys They have no assets back, to right? add like, anyone either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Who are they they who don't have a first-round pick this year, like... Out, or the next first three time. years. Oh, yeah. my God. For the next three years. Their best prospect's Denisenko. I don't think he's worth that much, really. I think I think this is a team that's primed to like make some bad free agent deals next year because they have some cap space. and they, they, they'll, they'll well, probably, Next year, uh, Hornquist comes Hornquist off the books, off the books yeah. but then Spencer Knight comes on the books. Oh. Matthew Kachuk. He is also injured. Is Matthew Kachuk's contract start this year or next year? It starts started this year. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. Anyways, they don't have. We'll a, see they what don't they have a, do. Don't have a good enough team to like make and a push. And they have no assets to push them yeah. even further. Like, oh god. They Florida went for it last year, though. Out. Good for them. Like, yeah, they won around more than we can say in Leafs land. Let's be honest. Yeah. But anywho, let's get into this Boston game. I have let's a lot. I this game, like when you look at the the Leafs loss. They blew it late in the game. It was a tie game, and less than two minutes left, they got scored on, and they lost the game, right? Yeah. The first thing someone said to me on Sunday when I went to play men's league, man, what a game that was. That was just so fun to watch. That was a very, very intense game. That was a really good hockey game between two really good teams. Like, plain and simple. I know the Leafs lost. It's not good. They didn't... They lost ground on Boston, all of that. That was a very entertaining game. It was very, very back and forth. And watching it back, I have some notes here. Like The amount of times that one team would go down one way, get a superb chance, and then the puck would end up back the other way, and it would either end up in a goal or another fantastic chance was tremendous. I mean, uh, what do I have here? I have the timestamps too. First period, 13.46, 5.12, and second period, I have 10.33 as well, and I'm sure there was a few others in there too. Like, just what a game we had on our hands. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't watch the entire game because I had to work that night. Nah. But uh, I was you able to... Ca- good one. I know, I'm sad. I got to rewatch that. I got to find... Where can I find replays of these games, by the way? Do you know? Um, yeah, I do. I 
sent you the account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I meant like another way that I don't have to use the account for. But anyways, like, is there any public way to watch? Uh, yeah, you have cable. You log into Sportsnet. Oh, true. I didn't. And know They that. have all the games there. I guess I'm a boomer. TSN, then. I don't believe has that, but oh. Sportsnet, you can go back and watch all the games. Anyways, so. okay, yeah. So I got to go do that for this one yeah, for yeah. sure. But I did watch the highlights, and I have. The, I ha- I feel like I have a privilege of like not having watched the game, but I can kind of ask you unbiased questions about the game. Okay, should I? Right. So like, okay. So the first one, the first and more obvious, more obvious one was the pairing of Timmins and Riley. Right. Horrible. Horrible. So Terrible. they were. On, I know that they were on for three goals. I don't even know if I saw one good. Thing I go one, I know one. that they got shelled on in the expected goal. They were on like, the ice for one goal. Guess what? Neither of them touched the puck. <laughs> they were a non-factor in that goal. <laughs> Is that a, oh like the goal four? Yes. Okay. It was the Matthews goal. Yeah. Well, the third the, one. Well, they were they were tending the blue line, so that's good. <laughs> um. Okay. That that's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So another thing that we I kind this is kind of cheating because I talked to you about this before, but. Fun. It's ironic because last episode we talked about how little Sheldon Keith brought up the blender. And mm-hmm. I noticed in watching the highlights, seemed like the lines that went into the game were not the lines that were finished. It's yeah. Like what happened? So he there. just switched. He pretty much just switched uh, Nylander Barner. And what happened on the third goal? Matthews actually batted the puck out of the air into Boston's end. Impressive, impressive af- athletic showing there. <laughs> um, Marner then stripped Lindholm with a puck, fed it to Bunting. Bunting fed it to Matthews in a good area. Matthews danced his way in and put it straight under the bar. It was just a prime. It was it was a, a reminiscent of what you saw so many times last year from that line. Like just strip, get it uh, support, get it to the supporting guy, supporting guy to the a guy in a good scoring area, and bang in the back of the net. Unfortunately, then the Nylander line or Nylander Tavares yarn clock line let up a goal late in the game and it ended up costing them. So as a, as a like obviously small sample, but we know what it's like having that first line, right? We've, mm-hmm. We know we know what to expect from them. How I small sample, only third period. But how do you think that yarn crook on a line with Nylander and Tavares stacks up to previously with like the line with Kerfoot? Like, do you think there is any difference at all whatsoever, offensively or defensively? Is it maybe like a little worse defensively, maybe a little better offensively, about the same defensively? Like, do they, does it like, oh, this, this is probably. How does Yarncock on the second line compare to Kerfoot on the second line? This might be like a a deep dive thing that we're going to have to look into as the season progresses because maybe we'll see more of this, right? Because I have. If if we, sorry to interrupt, I I just want to say, if we're, if we're looking at the trend from last year, we only got the Matthews Bar- Marner Bunting line about this time last year. This is kind of when we got it. Remember that? Remember Marner was hurt for a bit, right? They tried Kosh on the first line with, like, we You're never right. really got like a consistent that consistent group because we had that long layoff in December. Yeah. I think maybe they played like 10, 10, 10, 5 to ten games before that layoff together, but this is around the time when we kind of started seeing that. So I'm wondering. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, like that is not indicative at all of how Sheldon Keefe is probably going to go. But it's just it, you never know, right? Just something mm-hmm. to consider. So maybe, uh-huh. maybe if we start seeing more of that line, it'd be something to look into. But just general thoughts on it right now, like not enough to pull from it. Like anything that sticks out in your mind, in particular, or you, you probably just need more time with from it. the Yarncroft from those that line Tavares yeah. Nylander line. Um, I don't think they 
particularly did anything in that second period. That's not to say each of those guys kind of had their chances in that game, but not together in the third period when they were as a line, which is a very small sample size again, and they got scored on. But I I don't think it was very much. But then again, the Leafs didn't get many shots in the third period. I think they totaled five. Okay. So it's it's I would just leave it. I would mark it as incomplete. Okay. I like as that. an assessment and something to keep an eye on down the line. But like it, like just Marner, Tavares, Yarncroft makes more sense theoretically than Nylander, Tavares, Yarncroft. Well, yeah, because but then again, like uh, Kerfoot up there. Just doesn't make any sense. Yes, yeah, of course. Like, we've like, seen it before. It just it it's not going to work. It's, well, he's not going to fix those two. The chemistry between those two, and we're kind of already seeing it. I don't know if it's more so that Keith. It's probably more so that Keith relies on Kerfoot more as a center than he would Engvall. But Kerfoot, I don't know if you'd call it a demotion, but it's essentially a does. demotion to the fourth line. I understand it's a necessity because, but like, like last year in those scenarios, it'd be David Camp on the fourth line. I mean, he basically was on the fourth line. And now we're saying we don't trust Kerfoot to play that third line role, so we're putting him on the fourth line. That's a good point. I mean, when you look at it, we're so off topic here. It's completely it's off topic, but it's a good little in terms of, of. So what happened this week? Actually, when you look at it, what when Matthews was declared out for the Nashville game, what was the line? It was Nylander at center. Yeah. Was it Yarncroft on his wing? No, um, Bunting on the wing. And who was the other winger? Engvall. Pierre Engvall. What happened in the middle of that game or third period Kerfoot of that game? Kerfoot moved up on that Kerfoot line. Kerfoot moved up to the second line, right? What happened in the Detroit game? They started out with that same thing because they wanted – Sheldon Keefe's reasoning was he wanted Engvall in that second line. He wants to try Nylander out at center. But then he didn't want Engvall McMahon together because he sees them as too similar, like t- both tall guys – Good straight line speed, play a very north south kind of game. Like, didn't feel yeah, like yeah, it would mi- mix well together. And then as the game progressed, he didn't like how Nylander looked. He he thought he was better when he was the first guy to leave the zone, when he was the one to lead the attack and use his speed more. His his thought process for putting Nylander at center at first was. He hasn't been. He's been struggling a little bit. He wants to get his feet Puck moving, kind that of kind thing. of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he he was the cause of one of the goals. Like he lost Forsberg yeah. on that one, so that's why they they switched it up, and he ended up with a nasty assist on the game winner. You know, three goals in that game against Nashville, and he was in on all three at both ends of the ice. <laughs> so hell of a game by him that yeah. too. I yeah, so that, that sucked. But that, to get back, yeah. to, I I was way off my point that's fine. there. But to get back to what you were saying, and it's interesting to see because Kampf is still the third-line center right now, and Kerfoot is now fourth line. We haven't seen Kerfoot on the fourth line in a little while, since the, the 2021 season. I thought in the playoffs he played on the fourth line for a bit. Am I tripping? Uh, this year? Yeah. Or this past the, against Tampa? I thought so. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Never mind. You might be right. I'm. I'm. I, I think you could be right on that one too. I'm just wrong there. I don't know. Anyways, this season we haven't seen Kerfoot on the fourth line. I don't think. No. Right? Other than when like home, like like since this past, like other than this past week, no. Yeah. Not that I remember. And then so, I I can totally see it. It's mind you, it's twelve ten, so we're not yeah. the sharpest of minds. So if you're yelling at your at your 
at your car right now or however you're listening. Sorry. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Kerfoot on the fourth line. That is a... An interesting little nugget there to to point out. Just to so, show like where the trust lies, yeah. right? And so when Holmberg comes back, he's taking over that four C spot, right? So where does Kerfoot end up now? Because Bobby McMahon has had three good showings, I would call it. Yeah, I I think he took I think he took a penalty tonight, which I honestly eh, whatever soft. Yeah, I think it was like it a, was a high sticking, but it was a high sticking off of a face off where it's like sometimes those like. It's it's just you like, lift a stick and yeah. whatever. I don't even think he was lifting. He almost his... scored. He, he almost he almost had two great yeah. two great he chances. Had I thought he chances. Was, could have had two points tonight, but yeah. he um he had a pretty decent showing for for whatever he did. It was a, in a limited capacity. I mean, against yeah. Nashville, he had he generated two great chances. Against Detroit, he had a goal called back. Like I don't know what you want to call that rule, but like it is the rule, unfortunately. Of course, but. Less, less Sucks. so, less so outcome, more so process, right? Like he's in the yeah. right area to create that chance. Like uh, next time, if he gets a stick on it, that's a good goal, right? And like he doesn't get that chance if he's not in that area. So the process of getting to the words that area and even just being there to create an opportunity, right? So a couple I, good sh- chances from uh, within the slot area. I mean, nine thirteen tonight, he had two shots on goal, one hit. That's great. It's effective for a fourth I'll take liner. That. And why like, not? Uh, let me let me just like it's so tough with like the least lineup because we were we talked about uh, touched on this a bit pre-recording like mm-hmm. it's almost like Hol- Holmberg and McMahon like those guys have been amazing Solid. like as uh, as guys like if you were to tell I feel like if you were to like show a game of McMahon and Holmberg and you told them like oh these guys were like if I like if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year these guys would be on the roster I'd be like who the hell are these guys who are you talking about right like you follow these like the AHL more than I do, and like yeah. you're more in tune with that than me. But like I think these guys look after like preseason. NHL I didn't players. think McMahon. Like, yeah. I thought McMahon had an all right preseason, but I thought he needed some time with the AHL. Holmberg, I was like, okay, like looks not Pretty, bad. Again, yeah. I I don't see him cracking the lineup kind of thing. But both played their little bit with the Marlies, and McMahon actually had to come back from an injury. And yeah. You know I, what? Like the speed is there. I really like the speed, and I really like his ability to find the soft spots in the uh, in the middle of the ice. His ability to play like that bumper role in the power play was a lot better than I anticipated that it would be. Yeah, it's it's almost like what people wanted Malgan in their head to be to be like that kind of like creator slash scorer and like the generator of offense. Does didn't really work with the way our fourth line play. McCann McMahon, sorry. McMahon more it so didn't work also because he held on to the puck too long, had low no hockey vision, yes, of, and couldn't finish worth a shit. Exactly, but McMahon works because mm-hmm. you don't need like these elite playmakers. He's just in a soft in the finding the soft spots in the zone where it's like yeah. anyone with eyes could give him that the, those passes, right? So, but and I, he wins puck. He yeah. wins. He's able to get to most the puck first. Like really good with winning those puck. And even I like. I don't want I, I I'm willing to throw Dryden Hunt into this because I think he's also been pretty surprising in that he looks like a good fourth line everyday NHLer. Like I I think if you show someone like Pontus Holmberg and McMahon, like uh, someone who's never seen the least before, and they and they see these guys, they say, yeah, these are everyday fourth liners. And I know yeah. that sounds like so silly to say, but like having these guys. That opens up a lot. Like if if like you think about it, some good internal competition. It does create good internal competition, and it opens up the management. I think to do 
to to make a move where it's like we don't need other guys who are above them potentially or who above them salary cap wise. salary cap wise exactly or who they are basically yeah. fighting for spots with and are only are maybe like half yeah. a million dollars let's say if you were to assign a value to them half a million dollars worth but they're making like two million dollars mm-hmm. less right so it's something so i think it is like yeah. to, to look at it like guys that are pretty cost efficient like mcmahon holmberg timmons like looking forward to next year the ufas like there is opportunity next year for them to get some more playing time and it's good for the Leafs because it, they are cost efficient. I do want to take a step back from praising all these bottom six guys to the Leafs. They're playing solid, all that. The Leafs got caved in against Boston in the bottom six. Fair enough. Their bottom enough. six got mangled against Boston. David Kampf was put up against the Krejci line. Like, that's what Keith wanted. He wanted Kampf against Krejci. And then tonight he wanted Kampf against the Kachuk line, right? Against the Krejci line, Kampf line did horribly. And the fourth line in limited minutes did horribly as well. They got one good chance, but the fourth line did awful. They could not move the puck out of their own end. Boston Boston's forecheck was exceptional. And the Leafs, you could tell they really missed... Oh God! Give me a second. You're good. You're good. You're good. <coughs> Talking too much, but there was more than a few times that the bottom six got hemmed in their own zone, and they didn't create anything offensively. Engvall got that one goal, so they did create not nothing, but in terms of sustained chances, there was not a lot. Right, so that's where we say, okay, these like. These guys were talking so glowingly of them because they're surprising us, I would say. When looking at them, and we'll get into this in a bit, in a playoff matchup, I'm not I'm probably not gonna be giving my flowers to them being like, Oh, oh, Boston's in tough. Fair enough. You know who we got well, from the Marlies? <laughs> well, in that's very true, but in me saying that, that like comes along with hey, probably like a Kerfoot gets moved out for a much significantly better player, and like reallo- reallocate those those players who they are competing with, reallocate that money into a better spot. Yeah. So, I see what you're saying that, as well, like... but but also again, like we don't run the team, so who's to say that they will even do that? Right? We have a chance there. We might not even get them. So we don't we don't know. We don't know. But it would be foolish to stand pat. Exactly. But the least do have Matt Nice come in. Yep. They revere him in a very high regard. If he wants to sign here, yes. That's on that note, he would have to go back to Minnesota for two more years. Or they would trade him. Yeah. So I think he's signing here. I, I don't know so. why he I would. Hope so. I don't know why he would. Is he either. gonna go to Arizona? Why didn't he sign last year? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the Leafs made the biggest push, I guess. But right. they've, they've considered him. They've put it out there. It's it's a rumor. It is insider information that the Leafs are calling Matthew Nyes untouchable. He scored a nasty goal. Yeah, he looks too. fantastic. So he, as long as we can sign him, he better so be So I wonder, then that's more internal competition. Who does he out? Yep. Right? Yep. Does he make the Leafs playoff roster? Is he there for game one? Or game seven or whatever. We'll see. We'll I don't see. think the game the the bottom six that we saw hell against who? Against Boston or against or tonight or what we're gonna see against Winnipeg on Thursday once everyone gets over the flu. 
is what we're seeing game one of the playoffs. It better not be. Yeah. Because it's just not good enough. Yep, fair enough. Right? I'm okay with it if our top six is, like, massively improved. I'll, I'll say that. I'll throw well, that What's in. massively improved to you? Like, by getting in a, like a legit top, like a legit star player. Like a, a king. So the top six yeah. is literally, it, like, to me, it's pretty solidified outside of second line left wing. Yeah, but then if you get a better second line left winger. It's a trickle down effect, right? And then, I guess, but how much when it's Yarncroc going yeah. from line two to line three? Yeah, how good was Yarncroc on line three earlier in the year? Worse than he was with line two because he's just he was yeah. a lot worse. Yeah, I think he had like five points in thirty games. Yeah, if you want to look it up, like yeah. whatever, something like that. No, I, remember, I don't I think it's big enough of a trickle down. I, I think adding fair, to fair the enough. top six is big enough of a trickle down effect is as big of a trickle down effect as you're thinking of. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. It's not Nylander going from line two to three. It's Callie Yarncroc. Yeah. An all right utility guy. Yeah. Fair. fair. So fair enough. We'll see what they do, but to get into the rest of the, the, the two other games, like summarize them quickly. I thought Samsonov, the numbers aren't probably won't back this up, but I thought he was all right against Detroit. Made some big saves and really kept him in it. It was kind of a tired, not a sleepy game, as we've called them in the past. This was a tired game. This was like the fifth game in seven games for the Leafs against six, Detroit. Six and eight, I believe. Even I, or sorry, six and nine or something like that. It Even was better. five and eight, six, something, something along yeah. those lines. It was a slow start. They kind of got behind the eight. Like, they went down and really couldn't find their footing. Um, against Nashville, that was a, a good spirited bout, we'll call it. Good effort. Um, got kind of lucky that they, they were able to get that four-minute penalty uh, power play at the end of the game. But to lump the Nashville and the Detroit game together, they won against Nashville, lost against Detroit, looked a lot better against Nashville than they did against Detroit. Matt Murray played pretty well against Nashville. Ilya Samsonov played all right against Detroit, I'll, I'll call it. The big thing and the big storyline between those two games was that without Austin Matthews, A, that power play looked horrible. They scored. I know that. Mm-hmm. They looked horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Couldn't get anything going at all. Number two was the fact that they had three total goals. I, I want to say, what, two five-on-five five goals in two games? Yeah. One against Detroit, who you, you put four up earlier. I don't know. Looked a lot better with Austin Matthews than without, right? So that was the one thing. And then... Nashville, who is a pretty good team, you only gave up one, which Leafs defense has been, I would say, underrated, sneakily good this year, right? They just they weren't able to generate enough quality chances, it felt like. They, it, it, they were generating chances, sorry, against Nashville. They put up 30-something shots. It just didn't feel like they had like the finishing talent there, which is something that in the playoffs, I mean, how many times have you if we said this, like you need finishing talent, right? And it's it was fu- just glaring. It's funny that you say that because that makes me immediately think of the Washington Capitals. Because like, think about how bad their power play is with like I, I don't remember the last time we saw, it, but like how bad it is without Ovechkin. Think about how bad badly that team needed goal scoring way back when and when they won the cup. Like if they didn't have Ovechkin. Oh yeah. And they yeah. what what like what helped them win the cup? It was Devontae Smith-Pelly, one of their bottom six guys, stepping up, scoring nine goals. Like, 
or whatever it was, crazy amount oh, of that's goals. A good point. Right? He like seven. We need we need like a someone like that to do like for, for us to be propelled on, on I think in a playoff run. Something along those lines. Obvious I feel like that's so obvious to say, but Yeah, every every yeah. team has that here that steps up. I mean I mean we go to we go to nausea with, with Tampa Bay, but look how many of their bottom six guys step up like at both ends of the ice, yeah. kind of thing. Not Nick Paul though, because he didn't win a cup with them. I, I, we were talking, we were talking about the, 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 the show with what makes a cup winning team, or I, I guess a team that like we were talking about teams that make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. We kept talking okay. about, yeah, but I, this well, is a they, Leafs podcast. Yeah. Teams that go past the first round, how about <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah. We, no, we look up to that. Yeah. I know. I'm just, just because uh, guess what? Yeah. I believe every other team in the league has gone past the first round since the last time the Leafs have. Yeah. But in terms of Washington on the power play, it's kind of funny. I always hear everyone, oh, they have Ovechkin on the power play. Like Their power play's all right. It's like 17th in the league. Yeah. Middle of the pack. Yeah. It's not Toronto Maple Leafs. No, no, no number one. <laughs> no, I think they're top top 10, I want to say. Got him back into this game tonight, I'll tell you. <laughs> but did it? Was that Matthew's goal at the end of the period power play? Yeah, it was. Yes. There we go. Yes. Oof. Thought I was wrong on that one. That was one of the greatest ball don't lie moments. That was that was nice. A little slip pass from yeah. Nylander to Matthews. That beautiful. Was... Beautiful. Beautiful stuff there. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Beautiful. But anyways, to summarize this week, tonight was a mess. It was kind of fun, but it was a mess. Boston was a fantastic game. Yep. A lot of chances from the Leafs. Like, I believe the Leafs got outshot by a margin of nine. I can list off the chances, the quality, quality, like great pass across chances that they got. Hole got one in the first. Giordano, I believe, got two. Matthews got stopped twice in tight. Bunting missed a breakaway. Marner missed an open net. Like that's five great chances that they got that they couldn't convert on, and they lost four three. Right, that margin of nine. I mean, I don't know. They got like. The, the expected goals in this game, I think it was like the least had like 49%. But they were outshot at 5-on-5 five five by like 30-18. to 18. In, in the, yeah, in the, in the Boston, in the Boston game. game. Tonight, they outshot the Panthers like 31-19. Yeah, it was the inverse. It was the inverse of what happened. Yeah, yeah. Money Puck had the deserve to win a meter like 72% Leafs. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> we got we've kind of summarized this week and talked about this the topic we wanted to like all in one. But yeah. I guess let's get more into it, right? Yeah, let's go. Let's get more into it. Specifically, like, do we want? Oh, wait, for, quickly before we do that, let's quickly go over the, the injuries. Matt Murray played like shit the past two games. Yeah, we're going to talk go about over the goaltending. Goal Matt Murray played yeah. like shit. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. Here, here's here's the thing: you can't let that many squeakers in. He it, got pulled tonight. It feels like we just have two coin flipping goalies, where it's like we're going to coin flip if it's a good game or a bad game. Seems like it. Over the last couple of weeks before yeah. this, it felt it was thought like, re- goaltending was rebounding and then went back down. These two pass games well, from Matt, like he started off so good. He made so many good saves against Boston. And then like that AJ Greer goal, I want to say like the passing was goal bad. was pretty nice. He looked off the, the passing option through a five hole. He fooled him. He did fool him, but it's like you got to give David Pasternak, who's like a 50 you, you, plus goal. Sure. Let's give him space with the puck. He's yeah. going to score. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt there. Fine. Right? Yeah. The A.J. Greer goal was garbage. The last goal yes. was just a slap shot from the point yeah. that he I, saw that he claimed he got interfered with. He did not. Yeah. Those just need to be 
You need to save. stop those. And then same thing tonight. The 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 first goal, which uh, I don't know, like all of them. Yeah, the, 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 four, yeah. He's, he let in four goals on eight shots. Yeah, the only goal that was excusable <laughs> was the one that was a breakaway the rebound. Second one. Fine. Yeah, we'll give give you that. You can you can get a rebound on a breakaway scored against you. We'll take that as long as you save the first breakaway shot. But. Not not none of this from literally the corner of the blue line goals against. Like it's not yeah. it's not nineteen eighty hockey anymore. We can't be letting these goals in. Like no, not at no all. Sheldon Surrey shots from the point. Like exactly. But, so that's to summarize the goal thing. It's, but it's a it's been a roller coaster. Some more positives, little few positives at least sprinkled in there. But it it's uh, ooh, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and then also quick injury update yes. uh, because Nick Robertson, unfortunately, it was projected that he'd only be out for a couple, like two, one to two months. Mm-hmm. Turns out that he will have season-ending season ending surgery. So he's out for six months. On his shoulder, right? Season-ending sol- shoulder surgery. Tough to see. Um, yeah. Never really came into his form when he was playing with the Leafs. And like, it felt like he ha- he was there and then he wasn't. And then like just uh, to me, at least when he was kind of coming back, maybe into form gets hurt so yeah it's been some good, great flashes but unfortunately nothing sustained really yeah but it, some great promising flashes we'll call them yeah mac hollowell is out 12 weeks with a fractured kneecap i want to say oh my god lower body terrible. injury we'll call it sounds painful yeah victor mete is still working his way back as well i think he just started skating and tj brody who was is on ir right now is skating as well. I think he'll be back in the next week or so, two weeks max. I want to yeah. say. So, yeah, and that, that's that'll, some, that'll that's encouraging as create well. some fun conversation as to what who comes in, who, who goes comes out. out exactly. Right. It's it's funny because remember we were. T- I remember this. This must have been like literally like, I want to say like seven, eight weeks ago. We were talking about the prospects of Sand and sitting for Jordy Ben, and there literally hasn't been a scenario in which we've had a, he- a health- healthy enough team. To have Technically, tonight, time. Jordy Ben played for Sandine. Okay, but he was sick. Come on. <laughs> He's coming off of sickness. Yeah, illness. Uh, fair. Yeah, I, I think they just Healthy enough to do extra work today, but wasn't healthy enough to play, allegedly. So, technically, Jordy Ben did. All right. Sandine did sit for Jordy Ben. Prophecies do come to fruition. So On paper. We're, we're all about making did. prophecies. Exactly. <laughs> that was right. the injury updates, right? Yeah, that I think that's that covers everyone. Yeah. Holmberg. Oh, yeah, and then Holmberg and McMahon have been out for the... Or McMahon was out last game. Holmberg has been out for the past two games with an illness. Yes. Too exactly. much partying on the dad's trip. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> 26 ounce flu. <laughs> so, um, quick no, Bunting's dad, like, telling telling the one, <laughs> telling some of the other dads, you bring me a beer in the, in the thing. No, there was one... They, they showed the dads, and, like, apparently they missed the McMahon no-goal call. Because like they were at the buffet, but then there was a they sh- there was a shot to the dads, and McMahon's dad or no sorry Bunting's dad went up to another dad and like took his beer from his hand to top his beer up. <laughs> That's funny. Here, give me that and dumped it That's dumped good. it in his cup there. So that was kind of funny. But anywho, to get into the Boston one real quick, because we've already ta- we talked about that Boston game. It was a great one. It was back and forth. It could have went either way. Like based on the chances for and against, the Leafs lost this one. It, I, I'm telling you, it could have went either way. I know Sportsnet 590, their account tweeted, "Oh, talk about that Leafs weekend." Dot dot dot. 
it was a fantastic game. Boston, there's a reason the Bruins have lost, what, five regulation games? Five regulation games. games. They have nine total losses this year, on the season. You see the shit-kicking they put on Philly? There's a reason. There's a reason they've only lost five games this year. <laughs> it was funny listening to the Nesson stream because they reminded you why they're up there. Oh, Linus Alma, uh, you see that play by Austin Matthews? He's roofed it on the best goalie in the league. Oh, uh, stripped Brandon Kahlo. <laughs> So, the Bruins versus the Leafs in the playoffs. What would that look like? Ah, it'd be an interesting matchup because it was interesting. Um, it was uh, the I I I want to be transparent. I didn't get to watch the full game, so I'm not gonna come out here and act like I'm basing any of this stuff off of that one game. I think it'd be silly to do as well to base any anything about that off of one game. So many things can happen in one game. It's not fair to base it. But one thing we can't pull from that game is deployment and line usage, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, DeBrusque was hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Craig Smith has slotted in for him. Um, who's this? Like Craig Smith was on waivers this year. Chances are it won't be Craig Smith in the playoffs. Chances are it will be DeBrusque on, in Smith's replacement. But regardless of Craig Smith, the lines were as follows. Marshawn, Marshawn Bergeron, Pasternak. Hall, Krejci, Smith. Zaka. Coyle, Frederick, Felino, Nosek, Greer. So, like, if we're thinking about our team and, and thinking about the Leafs, you got to think about how we would match up against them in this scenario, right? Because I don't think it's any ch by by chance that they put together the perfection line against the Leafs. I think that's what they would probably do when push comes to shove. And Pasternak has kind of been yo-yoed between the first line and the second line throughout the year. Um, and I believe against the Flyers, he's playing on the second line. But anyways... Um, this is interesting to note because in the deployments that we had against this team, right? Perfection line was playing against, I believe, the Matthews line, correct? In this one? Yes. Perfection line against Matthews? I believe so, yes. So we have... It was Krejci line against Camp, as I said. Yeah, so then Krejci line matching up against the Camp line. So that's important because we got to think about how we're deploying our, our, mm -hmm. our I guess, defensive forwards and in what situation we want to put mm -hmm. them in, right? And I think that would have to come... That would have to come I with. I thought you would keep talking there. <laughs> I, I just passed Jason because I was like, I was unsure if Jason was just pulling stuff out of his ass when he was like, "Oh, it wasn't a coincidence." They put the perfection line together against the Matthews line there, and I'm like, I don't know. Doesn't Pasternak always play there this season? But one day ago, the line, the expected lines were Marshawn Bergeron, Smith, Zaka Krejci, Pasternak, Hall, Coyle, Frederick, Folino, Noshik, Greer. Yeah. So they. Or it seems interchanging Pasternak between the first two lines. And when DeBrusque is healthy, it's not going to be Smith. It will be Jake DeBrusque, who's playing very well this year. Yeah, and by quarter, it looks like no, on, uh, Pasternak's mostly been playing with the Krejci and Hall or Krejci and Zaka, some form of that. Ooh. So um, it's very, very, like, goes into the mind of Jim Montgomery of how he wants to play this team. Because it's, it's kind of like how... Uh, Bruce Cassidy would play us. You think? I think so. That's I'm pretty sure that's what he was ruling with when we would play against them last year. Andrew's a slightly different team, all that jazz. But uh, I think those are like the two cornerstones of like this team is that first and second line. This the Boston is not where they are without that first and second line. So it's yeah, important. So how how did we match? So now that we've established where we match up and who we match up against, how do we match up? How do you feel our first line of 
Matthews, Nylander, and Bunting, because that was the first line that game. Mm-hmm. How did they match up against the Bergeron line? How did you feel that they matched up? I think very well. Very well? Okay. I think the top two lines match up very well against the Bruins. Okay, so that's positive to see because, obviously, we talked about this earlier, they brought out the blender, right? Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if they brought out the blender because they were maybe not comfortable with Nylander on that first line matching Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak. Not because Nylander is not a great player. He's a great player, but he has faults, obviously, like every other player. And Marner's str- strength, one of his biggest strengths, is his ability to play in his own zone and transition the puck out of the zone. Mm-hmm. Nylander's good at transitioning the puck out of the zone. He's just not that good in zone, right? So I'm wondering if... I guess this long tangent is just me asking like if do we think if we were to match up against them it, it would be the lines that we're rolling right now or we would you think we'd revert back to what we were doing last year with the first line? And what do you think would be better? Come playoff time. Right? Because do you think that the lines right now, Matthews, Bunting, Martin Nylander, yeah. will be the same as the, from now to playoff time. I kind of think so. Okay. My, I, I, I think so. My big question is, and like what we saw in this game, if the Leafs go down, does the blender come out? I, I don't know. That's that's what scares me. It's because, like, I don't mind. Does Sheldon Keith have enough confidence in Nylander Matthews, Tavares Marner, to keep them together to get to pull themselves out of a deficit. I wonder. I wonder. I really wonder because we haven't seen it that much this year. We saw it, but interesting, interestingly enough, against Boston, they were down one going into the third, and what did he do? He switched it up. That was a one-time thing, maybe. It's only been one time. I wonder if he does it again. The big thing, though, so the, the top two lines to me match up fine. Like, Austin Matthews finished that game with, like, a 75% expected goals. Yeah. And a goal. A couple nice passes. A couple nice chances in there. Played exceptionally well. Does usually at the Garden. Other than the last time they played in the playoffs. But we'll skip. That was years and years ago. Literally, five years ago. I don't know how it's that long ago. I'm not the same person I was before. (laughs) Anyways. um, So, I think the first two lines, though, match up very well. It's just, again... And as I mentioned it in that game, like someone posted the stats, like the Bruins fourth line caved in the Leafs fourth line. They got a bunch of rush chances. The Leafs fourth line couldn't break the puck out. The camp line also couldn't break the puck out. But by trickle down, I mean, Zach Aston Reese was on the third line. I mean, I mean, he shouldn't be. Yeah. Like no disrespect to like, to be fair, we had two guys hurt, right? So like Simmons probably wouldn't normally play. No, he was awful. Right. And, like, I don't know. Nozick and Greer, both fourth-line guys. Like, Nick Foligno, th- right. three years ago, we traded a first-round pick for him. So, like, obviously, he's better than a fourth-line player. But yeah. to, one thing I do want to say about their depth, their fourth-line probably does have an advantage over us, but their third and fourth-line could collectively, this season, have shot insanely over their head like insane like their average like their on ice shooting percentage of like those bottom six is like 12 percent so but their third line is hall coil frederick frederick obviously zaka coil frederick uh hall hall and zaka switched when they were playing us that was against the flyers 
I think no, two days before I'm looking at. Oh. So it looks like they interchange a couple wingers yeah. here and there. Yeah. But well, but that, that two days before the Leafs game, they had Hall, Coyle, Frederick as well, a line. But and Coyle is their third third line center. Yeah, but Coyle that, is an exceptional third line center. He's not a very good second line center. Yep. For third line centers, him versus Camp, who would you rather have? Charlie Coyle. I I it's Charlie I'd Coyle for David Camp. He makes one and a half million dollars. Charlie Coyle makes five and a half. Oh, okay. By salary, I mean pure 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 talent. talent. Give me David Camp, the best right, offensive, right. defensive, or sorry, defensive offensive forward in the league. Anyways, yeah, Coyle, Coyle's a good player. I don't want to disrespect him. He's like a like a twenty goal scorer and can play two ways. So it's like, yeah, he's a, almost an upgraded version of Kerfoot. It seems like, but um, yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is though, if you, if they do do that against us, like then it feels like we're wasting our camp line against the second line. If Hall is on that third line. That's kind of a scary line. But to play. I think if you were to put Camp against their second line, for it to be successful, you need one other piece that's able to get the puck out. Because especially if you get stuck out there and you have Justin Hole, and then that Camp line, and you keep Engvall, Camp, and Kerfa together, I don't know, man. Like yeah. Engvall to me, like can skate the puck out. We saw that's how he scored the goal. But like. His ability to make quick plays off the wall, like in terms of passing, isn't that great, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's where I it's like his... to me that game just again for like the past those three games, Detroit, Nashville, Detroit, Boston, just further cemented to me that you really need an upgrade. So is there is that that's the only way to do it is upgrading? Eh, there's you no. Have, I cannot see an internal option where you go into the playoffs and feel comfortable with what you've got in the bottom six. Because, like, it was the most minor outages, we'll call them, in the bottom six for the Leafs. Bobby McMahon, who got called up a week before, was ill, right? And then on top of that, Pontus Holmberg, who, again, like, rookie fourth-line center. Your fourth-line center was out, and your brand-new winger was out. And that's why you lost. Uh, I don't. know. What were we doing a week before? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I just don't see it. Like like I understand the 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 Engvall streak. He went on six games in a row with a point, and Kerfoot was on a streak as well. He scored tonight, but man, like. The the amount of times that they just got hemmed in their own zone because they weren't able to move the puck out of the out, and they weren't able to generate any chances, and they like the divide between the bottom six and the least top six. When you look at the expected goals, like who's in the bottom? It was all of the depth players in the bottom for expected goals, and all of the Leafs' top players in the in the upper part. Yeah. So. That's my thought on forwards. You cannot go into the playoffs with what we have. Yeah. It needs to be way better. Yeah. And especially if you're going up against Boston. Because that's, again, like, we're comparing them to Boston. We're not comparing them to... They're the best. Boston's the best team in the league right team. now. We're, they're we're the comparing best. to the best team in the league. And that's yes. what our... Uh, but that's who you're going to have to play. 100%. Like, if you want to win the cup, guess what? You're going to have to beat every... Like, you're going to have to beat the best teams. Yeah. Unless you... They're in the East. You're yeah. not even going to be playing them in the cup. <laughs> this is yeah. not... Old. They're all the way in the way. They're in the East. They're yeah. in your division. And... Uh, like I see Trent Frederick on the third line, right wing, and I see like yeah, he's not 
that I, great, but that's one guy. But I see that's like an easy push them to the fourth line and upgrade that third line right wing spot for them, like easily, yeah. easily. And I, I, I'd put like a like a I'd put it at like minus two hundred for them to do that, like yeah, literally get any guy. But so but even him, he's got seventeen points this year. He's playing all right, but like again, yes, you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to disrespect. They're not going to be like, that. whoa, we don't need anyone. We have Trent Frederick on our yeah, third line. Exactly, but yeah, he's like. Yeah, I I see what you mean by him. Um, in terms of the defense, defense are like their defense uh, it, a little different matching up defense to defense because it's like yeah. forwards is like it makes sense because they essentially play majority of those like the zone yeah. time against each other, but defense is less so like that. But their lines they like, gave up they, look- they gave up some some passing movement in key areas. I would say I was I was surprised by that. Um, rush chances was there many? Eh, there was one or two. So I think Boston kind of beat the Leafs in terms of rush chances. But the big thing for the Leafs in this one was just Morgan Riley and Connor Timmins together was awful, awful, awful. Yeah. So just quickly, how I think I think it's good to talk about how their decor is like separated from our mm-hmm. decor. I think that they have Lindholm and McAvoy. I think McAvoy is like a who don't play together. You're right. They don't play together. McAvoy plays with Grizzly and Lindholm plays with Carlo, correct? Yeah. yeah. So McAvoy is... Remember when we talked about the uh, Stanley Cup building yeah. uh, formula, let's call it that? Yeah. Their defense checks up majority of those boxes. Yeah. The only thing they're missing is, like I think, like a bottom three guy to like eat minutes. Mm-hmm. But Charlie McAvoy is a bona fide one. Not playing that well this year. He's been injured this year, but I still think he's he came a bona- back from a major injury. I think he's yeah. a bona fide number one still. Yeah, and playing with Matt Grizzlick, who is I think a good supporting two three, and then you have Hampus Lidholm, who's also a, a like let's call him a one one two, right? And he's like sol- sol- like solidifying that second line with a, a de- strong defensive defenseman in Brandon Carlo. And then from there you have Clifton and Forbert, or any combination of Forbert, Clifton, Zaboro. Yeah, so. Their 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 defense is more like one two three four five six I think where our defense I think has I don't know if it's an advantage over them but I think our our defense has more of a like a two three two three 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 four five 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 like yeah right fair yeah because I think well uh, we we've covered this Morgan we're Riley, very different yeah we're we're very different in that sense but we I. I I think we've got guys who can step up, but mm-hmm. um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Just just looking at our, how RD compare, though, it's, it was evident that, first of all, Morgan Riley needs to find a partner, mm-hmm. and one that isn't Timothy Lilligren, because uh, I didn't get to watch the whole game, like I said, but who do you think were the best deep pair? Like, from what I heard, the best deep pairing we had against that Boston that looked good and was winning their minutes, it felt like they were winning their minutes, was the Sandy Lilligren pairing. And so if you're getting... Did you feel that, or is that... Uh, Jordan a whole. I mean, Jordan a whole alone, between the two, got, like, three fantastic chances together. I don't know how much they really gave up, right? Fair enough. Look, well, it, look, look it up on, on Natural Stature. But yeah, I'm looking at... I believe well, that Lilligren Sandine did pretty well. Well, Lilligren Sandine Hall, and Giordano are far and away. They were all above 50% yes. in expected goals. Riley was, like, 43, and Timmons was, like, 25. Yes, yeah, something so, like that. So, I guess step one is I, I guess TJ Brody slots in there, but um, I think 
anyways, the point I'm trying to make here is that I, I really think that Morgan Riley, the solution to him not giving up as much is simply him just playing less. Maybe. He doesn't need to play 23 minutes a night. With Sandin playing so well, with Jordana playing so well, it's just like, it's just not worth it. Treat him, le- yeah, give him less of the tough Give him less chance. minutes. Give yeah, him- give him, give him, like, Sheldon Keefe even mentioned this uh, this morning. He said, like, Morgan Riley hasn't been that great. We're putting him with Lilligren. Hopefully, Lilligren can steady him and he'll get more puck touches in and be good. Like, maybe he just won't. Maybe he just <laughs> needs less ice time. Maybe that's all it is. I mean, I saw in that Boston game, there was a play where John Tavares at the blue line tripped David Pasternak. There was no call on the play, but he tripped David Pasternak. Oh, that was brutal. David Pasternak entered the zone on both of his knees with the puck on his stick. He got a zone entry, and he wasn't even standing up. And then it resulted in a big scrum and whatever. But Morgan Riley did not attack him. He was not standing on his feet, and he was given time and space. Yeah. There are so many screenshots I have of just Morgan Riley standing for some reason at the top of the circles, just allowing the zone entry to happen and then waiting and not letting any, trying not to let anyone behind him, but just giving too much time and space. When you have like that perfection line, if you give them time and space, We're will done. ruin it's you. Impo- yeah. Like, I mean, they did. That's how they, like, like you said, that's literally what they did. <laughs> they did. They and literally they, and then did. then they that. did. Yeah, pretty much. We physical Rinsed evidence. Riley, rinsed Riley and Timmons for three goals in that game. So, yeah, like they they really need to figure out more. Like scale him back. I don't understand what. I think I think that's fair to say with twenty something minutes. With how good Santon's playing, like how do we not do that? With how good, um, Lilligren's playing. Lilligren's play. Mark, in man. terms of on money puck, I believe for expected goals against per sixty, like they they are in, and for pairings. That is. Giordano Hole is in the top 10, and Lilligren Sandin is in the top You're 10. You're 100% correct. And I don't think either of them, it's like, oh, well, last year it was Lilligren Sandin were like number one. It's like, okay, they're they're being sheltered. Well, a lot less so this season. Absolutely. Well, they haven't been sheltered when uh, Morgan Riley was out because they were in the potential playing top four minutes, right? So, exactly. Um, yeah, let me, let me pull up those numbers because I think that's important to see because, like, I think that's, like, our, I, like, if Riley, if those those guys, I think are like four fives at the very least. Like, yeah, like Hall is a four five. To me, Giordano's a three four, two, mm-hmm. p- potentially a two, right? And so we're we're kind of blessed in that we have, I guess, multiple second pairs. I don't know if that's like a overwhelmingly positive thing, but I think that our our defense is a little underrated compared to like what other oh what God. what the outside perspective. Of I don't is. know how much of this is even strength, but tonight twenty four forty four for Riley. And he missed a couple of the power plays because they were going five forwards. Yeah, it's he just four forty four. Just doesn't need to play that much, honestly. He just doesn't. Yeah. There's only I'll tell you one reason why he plays that much, or actually I lied. I can tell you seven and a half million reasons why he plays that much. <sighs> Bang. Um, nice. No moving that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Anyways, I, I was just sorry. I was just trying to filibuster here to see the expected goals against thing. Yeah. So what's it say? It's saying that almost there. We're almost there. Almost. So th- the thing is, I think we have to. I, I got to set like a little multi, like because there's guys with like a hundred minutes. Like I don't, I don't yeah. care about those. So minimum two hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. G- Geo Hall, Sandin, Lilligren are fifteen, sixteen. Oh, fifteen. They've moved down a bit for they, what? For expected goals against per sixty minutes. 
How did they move down? I just, okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Maybe it was from this game. Who knows? 12 and 13. They're 12 and 13. Anyways, they're, they, they're they, out there. They give up 2.14 expected goals and 2.16 respectively yeah. for Giordano Hall, Sand, and Lilligan. That puts them around where Tanev, Weger are, Middleton, Spurgeon, uh, Shea, Pesci, Lintom, Carlo, Taze, Makar, yeah. Slavin, Burns, Smith, Severson, Cole, Cernak. Like yeah, those, like, those are the names you want to be around. Like, yeah. Not Cole, Cernak, but I guess maybe. But like between Giordano Hall, Riley, or sorry, Lilligan, Sandine. On Saturday against the Bruins, all four of those, they were on the ice for, like, one goal. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, it was a game winner. But they were on the ice for one goal. The- so, in terms of, how do they match up overall? I think Boston has the advantage. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no yeah. Let's go players. Boston has the advantage in that. Yeah. As I was also kindly reminded 5,000 times watching that Boston stream, the, the Boston home stream, they have the best goalie in the league, in the world, whatever. Linus Allmark. He's playing exceptionally. Yes, I have. I give him the advantage in that. Does Boston have the advantage on defense, though? With how McAvoy is playing right now, we'll call it. Oh, I feel like this is like I don't want to say yes because this is like prime, like old takes Let exposed, this like old takes exposed. Yeah, but. I, 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 if, okay, you can grade it based on how you think McAvoy will play in the playoffs. I no, I think I think from what I've seen from McAvoy in the playoffs, I think he like, I like, I think I think he's going to be like what we know McAvoy to be that more so than Stud. what he's shown in the, this regular season. Okay. But also like, man, this Sandy Lilligren pairing like they're also third, they're second in the NHL in expected goals for per minute. So, do you want me to just give it to the Leafs? You, you, I'll do you it. Give it to the Leafs, yeah. I'll do it. Fuck it. If if Sandin and Lilligan can like continue the form that they're on and like this is a legit thing from them, then I think I, th- I think that's absolutely yeah. fair to say. And I think people will probably be shocked by how well they are. I think it'll be helpful if you improve the forwards in front oh, of them. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. If you're able to put a real shutdown line together and put it against the Krejci line and then you're able to break it out and have a winger that can actually accept a breakout pass, then it'll be a lot easier. Yeah. I'll give it to the Leafs. Forget. I don't care. I don't care. I think it's close. I think, like, when you look at that third pairing, I like the Leafs' third pairing a lot better than theirs. Like, then they split Car- they split Lindholm, McAvoy, and it's like, what do you think then of Grizzlick and Carlo? I'm a, I'm a fan of Grizzlick, not a fan of Carlo, personally. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I'm so- not, like, I'm not saying Grizzlick is, like, yeah, amazing. But I think he's, I think he's good. I think he's good enough. Like they good. have those two exceptional pieces. Yeah, Surround. kind of stabilizing with a lesser piece, right? So I don't know. For yeah, I'll give it to least. Why not? Now forwards. Forwards. I give it to Boston, unfortunately. Just based on that top six. I'll call the top. I'll call the top six a wash. Yeah, they're bottom. The bottom six. Beats the hell out of the Leafs right now. And it showed Saturday. Yeah. I mean, the only way I think we can beat them is if we see them the utmost special come up. teams needs. If we can beat them, special teams needs to stay the same. Yeah. We've seen it taper off in the playoffs. It needs to stay the same. Yep. Actually, you need, you actually need to beat them in the special teams. <laughs> and I, then you need to main like the bottom six has to be better. Can't I, be losing by that march. Yeah. How how has Boston been at, at, at special teams this year? I haven't really looked too too far into that. Um, but I I going just going back to your top top six thing. 
I still think I give like I, I'm honestly gonna give slight edge to the Leafs just because I think Ooh. I think that like there's like again like that team is shooting at a meteoric rate. If they can continue that, good for them. I'm just doubtful that they're fully able to continue that. So oh. power play Boston is third in the league. Penalty kill they are first in the league. First in uh, third in the league like just like goals or twenty seven point nine percent. And penalty kill eighty six point two percent for first in the conversion league. conversion rate. Okay, yeah, penalty minutes against third twenty seventh in the league. Ten point six. I don't know if that's like. Well, that that team has always been a notoriously. I don't know. If I don't know if they're grading it like that's the most amount. Or I don't know, but anyways. Yeah, they well they. It's late. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, if you made it this far, we appreciate you. Yes, but I think long story short. Goals Sli- per game, they're first in the league. Sli- slight edge to Boston. G- give me, but like when we play them, just give me that meteoric regression that we've been kind of waiting Ooh. on on this bottom six to see all season okay. for the Boston Bruins, and then inverse well, for the Leafs, where I we see the, the rise. I of think our the bottom bodies. six regression has started. Like, yeah, Felino started off the year a point a game, and now he's like a point every a two, point three. half games and half exactly. six games. So, so, unfortunately, Boston, I think roster wise, still has an advantage. Yes. Which is why the Leafs really need to make a push this trade deadline. Absolutely. And I understand have... we've, we're talking about it like it's propaganda every episode, but more and more, so many examples keep popping up that you need a little bit more. Yeah. And if you, ha- if you guys have any trade targets in mind, why don't you tweet them at us or DM us and, and let us know what we'll you think? Them. Because we, uh, ne- I think next we were week... supposed to do trade targets this episode, and I said, no, I, I need to spend more time in the lab yeah. taking a look at them. So if you have anyone in mind, shoot them our way. Yeah. And good. with that, we're, we're good. Yep. Preview next episode. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, Lisco. go.